Welcome to a new edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. We are officially out of summer school. We are bringing you back Canton Bound now this week here. Uh, I'm sure you are all missing me driving these episodes here. As always, I'm Colin. And I'm Austin. And I'm I'm excited to talk some NFL news here. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I love love talking college football. Uh, I loved the the summer school uh, hat tip to you. That was your idea. Um, but you know, we've been talking college for five straight weeks. Uh, I'm excited to talk a little NFL now. Yeah, we finally have enough things to talk about that accrued over five weeks to do a full episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so some of this, uh, be a little bit of rehashing some things that's not, you know, didn't just happen this week. But, um, you know, with summer school, uh, that's what happens. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes you get a little bit behind in other areas. Yeah, I didn't get to hang out with our friends all summer because we failed math. So, yeah, you know, yes. I had, had, to, had to retake that. So here, here we glad, are. I'm glad you said it was math that we failed because that's absolutely the subject we would have failed. Speak for yourself, man. I mean evidence on the show where we are multiple times like i'm not a math guy and we're just talking about basic like adp two plus two <laughs> <laughs> um no but i'm excited to get into it here but as always this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great pods including the true north fantasy podcast the play to win podcast the dynasty happy hour injury prone podcast with dr edwin porus Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them at on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, but Austin, you ready to dive into some news here that we've been missing? Yeah, let's talk about some news. Why not? All right. Well, first one, um, now for everybody you know, may not have remembered our last episode we talked about, we already talked about Cam Akers. Um, so first one on this one is going to be J.K. Dobbins. Uh, and the torn ACL. Austin, what are we doing with Dobbins? How how far uh, has he fallen here for you? Um, yeah, so I, I we just updated the rankings on the website. I, I did go through my Canton ones and, and made sure that everything on the NFL side was at least, you know, I didn't put as much thought into it as I do on the college side, but it's also how dare you? a lot fewer players. Um, and I feel like it, you know, the rankings for the NFL are a little more plentiful. Um, so, so I don't put as much thought into those. Uh, he didn't move at all for me. Literally didn't drop him at all. Um, from what I hear, people talk about this isn't an injury that you would expect necessarily to uh, linger long term beyond this year. I mean, I know it's it, you know it's medicine. Crazy things can happen. Um, but but it, that that's what at least I've read so far. Um, and I don't think you know th- what what about that situation changes beyond this year for him. You know, it's not. Aaron Jones, where, you know, this would have been his last year with Aaron Rodgers, probably to bank on, on that value or something like that. I mean, Gus Bus is probably still going to be there next year. Lamar is still going to be there. Uh, most of the receiving options on that team probably still going to be there. You know, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, uh, at least the ones that we care about are still going to be there. So in, situationally, nothing changes. It's just another year in the future. So I think I have him as my running back six or seven or something. And he he did not move at all for me. He's still... He's still in that same spot. Um, I, the thing about it, like, I, I think he's very difficult to buy, though, because I think people know that. 
Right. This isn't the buy window. The buy window for a player is never immediately after they injure, especially in a preseason. It's mid-season when that team thinks they might be able to make that push and they're looking to get somebody to win now. And you're, you know, maybe not in it, you know, maybe rebuilding for the future or whatever, or maybe have a little bit of depth that you can spare where you can go get him and with an eye towards the future. Um, yeah, mid-season is always the time to buy somebody like that. Yeah, um, I, I actually, I mean, I, I have a general rule of thumb that I won't make win now moves in the off season. Um, yeah, so um, I, I've had somebody in our home like hounding me for weeks, and my response is just always, "I don't make win now moves in the off season, man. I, I wait." So stop yeah. messaging me. Yeah, I for the most part, I, I agree with that. Um, in uh, in our other home league, I did make a trade for. Um, Fitzpatrick because I thought I had a team where I had a shot at it. Um, and then ironically, that is the league where I lost acres and Dobbins not looking like I have a shot at it now, but I didn't give up a lot to acquire Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just wanted a third quarterback to feel a little bit more safe about mine. But um, with Dobbins there, I, you, you are still the highest on him. You have him at six. Um, I, I had him at seven. Um, I have dropped him down to 10. I moved um, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, and Antonio Gibson ahead of him. Um, he's still right there in that tier with me and those guys. But I think the extra year of production that you're going to get from them this year, um, and given the youth, especially of Gibson and Harris, um, kind of breaks that tie a little bit for me. Um, so I didn't move him far. I still like Dobbins. Um, I would still even take him in some startup drafts if you have still have any going on, but he dropped a little bit for me. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know how much value so hard to say. I don't know how much value you lose out on just cause you lose one year you know, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously you probably spent a, something that was worth something to get him in the first place. You know, whether it was a rookie first round draft pick or a top 40, startup selection I, I don't know exactly what his adp has been this offseason um so i mean but i have to have a hard time believing like if you lost him you know your whole your whole season has crumbled i know you have a team that has like him acres um somebody else too right that you've lost all of them uh hunter henry okay so you're wow well, if you're relying on him you were in trouble in the first place but well i have him and logan thomas so my, my point still stands no i i, I agree um that was definitely my weakest spot on that team but um i digress now we move on to gus edwards uh obviously big stock up here in redraft um you know people were kind of concerned with the the split between him and dobbins would end up being now you don't really have to worry about that so um i think he's going to be extremely valuable in your redraft leagues Uh, but what are we doing with gus edwards in dynasty leagues here He's a guy that I, I I would be fine buying if I was a contender, but I wouldn't buy him today. Again, I would rather wait for him to be slightly more expensive and buy him, you know, six weeks from now when my it looks like my team is shaping up well and they haven't and he's actually doing something with the role. You know, I think what what would he be worth? Like if someone was trying to sell Gus Edwards today, what would they take? A second? Probably. Probably. In six weeks, what is it going to take to get Gus Edwards? Probably a second. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think that value shifts that much unless the guy is just going fucking bonkers. Um, I, I can't imagine that 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 value changes at all. Um, so I'm comfortable waiting because on a 
on a rebuild team, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if I'm if I'm competing, I'm willing to wait wait and you know maybe I have to throw in a third on top. You know maybe that's the increase in value, and that that seems minuscule uh, to me. I guess maybe that you know there's a chance that somebody else can beat you to it, but you know them's the breaks. Yeah, I I agree. I think right now it's worth like probably like a mid second. Um, I could see him getting his value up to an, a, a little earlier second. So if you maybe don't have an early second and it's looking like you're going to be late, you may have to throw in something on top of that. But like you said, it's it's pretty minuscule. Um, and, and I'm generally in agreement with you as well. I don't typically make uh, win now moves in the off season. Um, I typically try to just kind of get value in the off season, wherever I can find it. And then, mid you know mid season if it looks like I'm winning that's when I make the move so that's when you maybe go buy Gus Edwards if it looks like you got a shot yep pretty much pretty much uh next big piece of news um Cam Newton released outright by the Patriots just gone just wipe their hands they're done moving on it is Mac Jones time Matt Bruning congratulations uh you talked about Felix being a smug um or what did you say pettiest so yeah, said. Felix is the pettiest mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but Matt likes to do his fair share of gloating as well, and well deserved this time, Matt. Um, what are we doing here with uh, Mac Jones? So why would Matt be gloating? Like none of us were saying that Mac that like we were saying like Mac Jones is going to be a career QB two. What the what? There's nothing to gloat over because his stance was that QB two. You still want QB twos? Like I don't. There, there is, there is nothing to gloat <laughs> over there based on what that argument was. Um, so th- there, there's that. Um, I, I would have a, I would refuse to believe that at least twenty to thirty percent of that that um, that decision was was not. Ba- or I would have. Let me. I would have a hard time believing that there's a significant portion of that decision that was based on Cam Newton's uh, anti-vax. Uh, status and how like, that's just a headache. The coaches, especially somebody like Bill Belichick does not want to deal with it all this season. He won't say it. He's not stupid like urban Meyer. <laughs> um, so we, we will never actually know that. Um, but, but I would have a hard time believing that that did not factor in somewhat. Um, I, Cam Newton's washed. I've been saying that for two years. Like he looked like crap last year. And it was convenient. The COVID was a convenient enough excuse to say, oh, well, he contracted COVID. You know, he's washed. He doesn't have the arm anymore. You can watch this guy throw and the ball skipping at people's feet all over the place. <laughs> like it just, it's obvious to anybody that was watching him that, that he no longer had it. So I thought, I didn't necessarily expect Mac Jones to get the job to start the year, but I thought by the end of the year, he'd probably be the quarterback there. So this just accelerates that timeline a little bit. I don't think the Patriots are going to be very good this year either. And I think Bill. You know, Bill always wants to win, but I think he also is a realist. Like, I think he realizes that. Um, and so now Cam gets to go maybe try f- to catch on with some other team. I don't know. Houston? I mean, I, mean, I there's not that many teams that are, like, so desperate for quarterback play at this point. That, And I think he would only go someplace to be a starter. So maybe he hangs out for a little bit till someone gets hurt. Maybe he goes to Washington, reunites with Rivera. I don't think he's better than than Fitzgerald right now or, or not Fitzgerald Fitzpatrick right now do you no I don't think he is either but I mean that's where else could he go and have like a, re, a decent chance of starting I mean you see Houston potentially um but beyond that the, the coaching link is interesting 
it, it is there. Um, but coaching I, link, and then that's a little bit of a weaker QB room. I, but other than that, like I, I mean, if something were to happen to Jalen Hurts, maybe I because th- I don't well, think they just traded for Minshew. That's that's a good point. So uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> Houston is the obvious obvious choice, and then you would think if he's happy to go be a backup somewhere, it would be a team that already has a running quarterback so that you don't have to change the whole system if they were to get hurt. Yeah. But I I think another big issue too is kind of what you mentioned already. And, you know, we're not getting into any political stances here, but the fact that he is, is not vaccinated does hurt the teams because this is his second, he had two issues with, with COVID now at this point. And, you know, teams may not want to take that chance. There's two teams already that I've seen that have been, that are fully 100% vaccinated so that way they don't have to worry about contact tracing things like that in the falcons uh, uh, okay i saw the box i didn't see the falcons were too okay falcons were the first team thank you oh i didn't know it was a race my bad no um but yeah so you know that is a factor um right or wrong that's a lot that's a factor in in some decisions here and that could be a factor in how long it takes for him to get latch on somewhere yeah for sure um yeah, that yeah, I had a, I had a line that I'm not gonna say. Let's let's go. Fair enough. We'll move on. Uh, moving on. We're moving on. So so just a, a follow up question. Um, so with Mac Jones there in New England, do we think that benefits anybody in particular? Just the whole like, do you, what do you think the fallout is from that for any pieces around him? I mean, honestly, I think that helps all of the pieces of New England's offense. I don't think they're particularly great pieces anyway, but it helps Damian Harris because, you know, he now isn't going to get vultured at the goal line by Cam Newton. You know, that has happened every pretty much everywhere Cam Newton goes. Um, you know, so Damian Harris's touchdown upside increases. Uh, I think Mac Jones showed in college that he's a very good distributor of the ball. He can get it into his playmakers hands um, and his the play. He has a couple options there that, you know, we'll get into one of them a little bit later, but um, that they can do a little bit after the catch. You know, um, there, there's a couple guys that are dynamic after the catch. So if he can get them the ball, I think that helps them out as well. Um, and then in turn, his numbers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over under QB 22 this year for Mac Jones for fantasy purposes. 22 this year. Yeah. And by over, I mean like better, like Mm -hmm. 21 or higher. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I'm going to take the under because I don't think the Patriots are that good this year. Um, I don't think they're just, I I don't think he's going to have enough passing volume to warrant it. And he doesn't bring much as a rusher either. So I think his ceiling is just limited in general. Um, now, the one thing that I think will help him is it's looking like he's likely the starter for the full year, whereas there's a couple other situations where some players, some quarterbacks may start the season, not finish the season, um, vice versa. So that could play into his favor, but I'm still going to take the under. Yeah, that was my thought, too, because I think Houston, I ex- I think we see two quarterbacks there start throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether through injury or just one of them sucks and they bench him. I think we see two quarterbacks in Chicago. I think we see two mm-hmm. quarterbacks in um, uh, San Francisco. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see two quarterbacks in, Wa- in, in Washington with Henneke. Um, 
So I mean, I wouldn't it, be shocked if we saw two quarterbacks in New York, the Giants. Who's their backup? Uh, Mike Glennon. Oh God, no! We'll only see one quarterback there. <laughs> um, he started some games. Yeah, the, the thing is, that the person behind them has to either be unknown or an improvement. And I think mm. we know that Mike Glennon sucks. So That's he is point. neither. He is neither of those things. It's <laughs> um, a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, and and at least Drew Locke is, or not Drew Locke, um, Daniel Jones is mobile. Oh. Because that offensive line is not very good. Yeah, I mean, maybe we see two in Denver. That's that's yeah, another one. So that's I mean, one. that that could. I'm gonna say he finishes QB twenty overall this year fantasy. So just over it. Just It'll be over. close. Like all those guys. Once you get to that point, are close. But yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, we're moving on. You, did you miss me saying that? I did. I did. I thought so. I thought so. Um, Travis Etienne out with a the dreaded Liz Frank injury. Um, you've been seeing a lot of people talk about that. Um, a lot of a lot of people out there now in the medical community who are also in the fantasy community, uh, which you know it's just been great for shedding some light on stuff like in the, these situations. Um, I just saw he reportedly has a four, is looking at a four month recovery time. I think that's probably a little on the early side. Um, by the way, other people are talking. Like, sounds like it could be a little bit longer than that. But what are your long-term thoughts here on ETN after that injury? Um, I mean, isn't the whole thing with Liz Frank like <clears throat> if you sit out and rest it long enough, you you can come back and probably be okay? But it's when you rush people back, and they're giving a four-month time frame. Like, man, that. That Jack, that uh, that hire with Urban Meyer, I'm I'm more and more convinced every day that that's going to set them back another three to four years, um, because they won't cut bait quick either. They'll let him sit there and continue to just ruin it for a while. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty much out on that whole offense minus T Law, because uh, I Chanel goes early sometimes. I, I've taken him when he sits on on mm. there for a little while, but I think he goes early a lot. And I've never really liked Chark, so I'm not I'm not big into him either. That's fair. I've uh, I've definitely cooled on Chark, as you like to point out. Um, he has the best chance to be an alpha of any of the non-alpha quarterbacks in the league. Said Colin last offseason. <laughs> you can't prove that. I you can't prove. That. I will find the texts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. I think I don't think this does too much for ETN. Um, I bumped him down a couple spots. Uh, I bumped um, Eckler and Sanders ahead of him, um, but I moved Acres and ETN down just because their injuries are a little bit more unknown. But they're still ranked six, RB sixteen and seventeen for me, um, so I still like them. Um, they're just a little bit more risky than some of those other guys, so. I he's similar situation as Dobbins where probably mid year I would look to acquire him. Uh, sorry, I was on the the uh, the phone with the phone company getting those text messages from. A <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I actually I think I did not move him either. I don't think you did either, but you were a little bit lower I, on I, him to begin with. Little yeah, bit. a little bit, not by too much. He's right around twenty for me. Um, I didn't move him, and I only I bumped Robinson up like four spots, like because I th- he gets another year, and then mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, the people who were saying that he has a significant role and had horrible process are just going to get lucky <laughs> because of the entry. 
Um, they yeah. get totally bailed out on a bad decision. So that's fantasy football for you. But um, I mean, are are you buying Justin Robinson? Confirmation bias. It's all you need is one piece of evidence to prove that you're right, and that's it. Um, but I would buy James Robinson midseason this year, similarly to Gus Edwards, if it's looking like I could win, because I do think he's going to have a nice uh, a nice year this year. Uh, do I think he finishes as what was it? I think the RB five last year? Um, do I think he finishes as a top five RB again? No, I, I don't think he does. Um, but I think he could be a back end RB one or a high end RB two. And that's the type of guy that can, um, that, that, that can win you uh, a league, you know, having somebody like that. I mean, volume plus just being healthy for the full season generally gets you at least RB 10. Right. Hmm. And he probably gets that. I mean, assuming health and if other guys drop in front of you. So, yeah. um, sure. Why not? I think he could fit and finish in that range. Um, I think his like I would rather buy Gus Edwards though on a win now team than him because I think his price is going to be way higher than Gus Edwards. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So. Uh, you're already seeing you know I've heard of a lot of people buying and selling him for about a first. So I think that's kind of what his price is looking at right now in, in most leagues. You have to pay a first to get him, or you could get a first for him right now. Um, I think it was what um, Mike Dirty Mike and the Boyds. Um, said in our in our Slack chat that he got a, a 2023 first for him. Man, I'd be so happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll move to the next one here, and that is Deshaun Watson. Rumors abound. He has taken up a lot of our airwaves here this offseason, and once again uh, is a topic of discussion in the news. Trade rumors to Miami trade rumors to Philly. Do we think he's going to play at all? Why isn't he on the commission exempts list? What's going on with Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I would like to go back to summer school. So we don't have to talk about this again. First time anybody's ever asked to go back to summer school. It's better than the alternative, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why he's not in the commission exempt list because I think he's really putting uh, the commissioner. I mean, by he mm-hmm. is really putting the Texans and Deshaun Watson just in not a very good situation. Um, you know, because the the new the new rules with the the CBA means that that Watson can't just not go to practice. He he has to go because um, the well, I mean. He doesn't have to go, but teams used to be able to waive those fines. Basically, when people would hold out, they'd fine you, fine you, fine you. You'd run up a tab, and then you'd agree to a contract, and they'd they'd agree to waive all the fines. So um, they, they cannot; they're not allowed to do that anymore. Teams are not allowed to do that. Um, and it, so, so he's in a tough position, and then the Texans have to have him there. But he's probably not going to be their starter. So, are you giving him any reps? I mean, I know they were playing him at like safety. I mean, they, they've done a lot of stuff with him. I, I, I really think, you know, they're, they, they had, they, they convened a grand jury on it. There's, there's this civil action against him. This seems like a no brainer situation where you would just put somebody on that list. I mean, if you, it's just somebody in the normal world. I mean, if I had 20, you know, sexual hurt, <laughs> assault allegations, I'd be fired. But just imagine for a moment that, that I, 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 you know, couldn't be fired without some sort of process. I, there would be no way that I was at the office. Like they, they just wouldn't let me come in. 
it's just mind-blowing um, that, that they're going to let this continue on. Um, will he play this year? I've maintained from the beginning that he will not play it all this year. I'm still maintaining that, um, that, that he no, no snaps this year. And then, I mean, which landing spot do we like the best? <laughs> um, if you have to gut your team with the asking price that they want for him, then I don't think any of the landing spots are good for him. Uh, like I feel like I, th- I mean, he's, he's, he's done well with basically nothing there in Houston over the past few years. So, I mean, he can make it work, but like the dolphins, if they would have to give up Tua and a bunch of firsts and seconds, I don't, I would no longer like the dolphins long-term same with Philly, same with any team that would pay that much for him. You know, the giants to have a couple, actually they have an extra first this year. Like it, it's not worth that price, especially because he probably can't play this year. And there's a chance he goes to jail. Like, <laughs> well, I want to know what the asking price was before there was a chance he was going to go to jail. It's, it's nuts to me. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think given the asking price for Houston, they've maintained uh, steadfast that they are not going to sell him for uh, pennies on the dollar or even three quarters on the dollar. They want full price for him, which I think is a little bit excessive there. But, you know, given everything that you said, but, you know, who are we to judge? Um, but I, I just I think his now now is now is the time to sell him. You know, it was the time to sell him was a while ago. Still, the time to sell him now. Why before he ends up on the commissioner exemplus? Because, like I see, like you said, I, I don't know why he's not on that list. He's just Goodell's putting everybody in a tough situation by not putting him on that list. Uh, because the the Texans have said that they're not going to move him for anything less. He's going to keep showing up, collecting that paycheck. They can't realistically like trot him out there as their starting quarterback, can they? all this going on no you have a you have a pastor in your front office man like <laughs> you're gonna let the rapist out on the field as a pastor I don't know. It, that whole situation like leagues won't take teams away from owners i mean how rare is that they did it with uh what's his name with the clippers sterling yeah um yikes like this houston team is gonna is gonna get dangerously close to that line over the next few years i'm calling it now I'm calling it now. There's probably a lot of people in Houston that were or Texans fans that wouldn't uh, wouldn't hate that, to be honest. But it's a big market. I mean, you're never going to yeah. own Texas. The Cowboys are there, but there's got to be somebody that isn't a dumbass that could run that team. <laughs> Get Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's wanted to own an NFL team for years. Yeah. He's already in. Uh, he's in. He's in Dallas, unfortunately. But I no, I think that he's would be fine. Kidding. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not he's getting not the getting Cowboys. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Mark Cuban's won NBA championships. You know, he can run a team. He can run a business. Yeah, he'll spend, he'll spend money. He'll hire people. Maybe not the best person to bring in when there's um, issues with <laughs> sexual assault on the team already. <laughs> um, but, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving off of Watson here. Um, Irv Smith, uh, he had surgery on his meniscus and is on the IR. Um, will Irv Smith ever happen? Mm, it's starting to look less and less likely. Um, like at this point, it's just on to the next, you know, hyper-athletic tight end, which is a bummer because I think if he could have landed somewhere else, maybe he would have had a chance. 
um, but but not there. Um, and I still think that is a buy window here. Like I, I'd probably buy him if someone was selling him for something really cheap. I don't know. Yeah. I, again, I think right after an injury is never the time to buy him. But yeah, I think he's a buy um, just because his value is probably so cheap and tight end is kind of a wasteland. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if, if a, his breakout is, is ever going to happen now. Uh, it was really looking like this was going to be the year. Now he has that surgery. Um, he could still do it, but that offense does kind of limit him. They just traded for Chris Herndon, so they're probably going to try to use him at some point. Um, are we interested in Chris Herndon at all? Will Chris Herndon ever happen? And no. tread carefully because I have him in a lot of places. I would rather have Conklin. <laughs> Is that weird to say? I don't. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take. No. The guy that's had infinite opportunity in New York over the past few years to do something and has done nothing. Well, Gase, he, he was with Gase. So. What was he competing with for targets there? Adam Gase. Crowder. <laughs> that's it. I mean, there really hasn't been a lot else there. I, I would rather have Conklin, I think, of the two. Um, I, I don't think I have any interest in Herndon. I don't know why Herndon is still like a, a majorly popular guy, but um, um, who was the tight end in in Carolina over the past couple of years? Ian Thomas. Yes, I don't. But Ian Thomas is is not. They're the same person. <laughs> I'm not even convinced. Has anybody Corp- seen them? In, corporate you know? asks you to identify the difference between exactly. These two They're the same player. You know, same profile, same you know metrics statistically over the past few years they're the same person so if i don't want chris hern or if i don't want ian thomas and i don't want chris herndon either yeah i as somebody who was a herndon truther for a while herndon's not gonna happen anymore um this is your selling window if you have him move him because yeah i actually i do agree with you i think if you're going to go after one of those tight ends it's conklin um You know, he's he's the guy to go after. I don't necessarily know how much of a role he'll have either. Um, but I think it's just it kind of just solidifies Thielen and Justin Jefferson's roles and solidifies their target shares more than anything there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the next one here. And this is a guy that I was I was buying a good amount of like, not buying, but I was drafting him in a decent amount of startups this year just because he was going late. Uh, I liked the landing spot and I liked, um, you know, that was a wide, pretty much a wide open depth chart. And that's Wayne Gallman. And he gets cut by the 49ers. I, I really liked that situation, like I said, but he does then get signed by my Atlanta Falcons, who do have, um, they, 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 they do have a, a hole there at running back. So behind Mike Davis and Mike Davis is not particularly a, uh, a he, he's not a particularly impressive option there ahead of him. He's, you know, he's, he's not anybody who's solidified in that role. So do we have any interest here in Wayne Gallman now that he lands in Atlanta? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big pit fan. I think people know that if they listen to the shows and follow me on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, you know, not a Homer, but I, I, I talk about them. Um, and I live in Pittsburgh. So I mean, quadri quadri Olison was not good at pit. He was a, a supposedly a really nice guy. He actually, my, my wife for a long time worked in, um, 
um, like property management. She worked at a big apartment building here in Pittsburgh near Pitt's campus. And he lived there and she said he was like the nicest guy. Um, we'd come in and like, you know, get his, his packages and, and stuff. But the, the guy didn't even command the backfield of Pitt on a, to- on a time where Pitt's offense wasn't particularly good. So uh, the, the fact that people wanted to, to make him a thing, um, he shouldn't be rostered in any dynasty league ever. No, Cadre Allison actually just got cut today. So three, hour, three hours ago. Perfect. Okay. So there we go with that. Um, yeah, I mean they they, I Mike Davis was never really like a. I don't I don't know where he was going in in redraft leagues, um, like I don't know what his ADP got up to, um, but it, it was it was too high no matter mm-hmm. you know whatever the circumstances were, um, for one year where there was a very high probability if you looked at the depth chart behind him that someone else was going to get signed. Like, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is still lurking out there, people. For whatever, you know, Le'Veon was not good last year. He really hasn't played that much over the past year, too. People, you know, Le'Veon and people like him are lurking out there. They will get signed to a lot of these teams Todd Gurley. as the season goes on. So i i the the fact that people decided it was mike davis and he was just gonna run away with this team was just totally bonkers i would probably buy wayne gallman um i don't know what his price would be probably not much a third maybe yeah i'd probably you, spend a 2022 third i mean next year's class isn't very good so it's not very deep yeah i i, I agree with that um fortunately i don't really have that problem because like i said i took him in a lot of places this off season good for you uh, took him very late. He was one of my late options. Um, and one of the rare situations where a guy gets cut and goes to a situation that is equally or even potentially slightly better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the bodies at in San Fran's backfield. It's just, it, it's a bunch of Jags, but I mean, you mm. know, the one, you know, one Jag versus another is just, you know, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next here, we got the 49ers not naming a starting QB yet. They are pulling a college team. I uh, would be surprised to see them slap an or on that depth chart. Uh, and it is Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. They have not named either direction yet. Uh, which way are you thinking they end up leaning? Well, uh, Trey Lance has the finger injury, right? Yeah. I think I think he does not play. There's no reason to rush him out there. The rest of the team is good enough with Jimmy to pull out, you know, to, to play well for a couple of weeks until he's ready. Um, so yeah, I think it's Jimmy. I just don't think they want to say anything because obviously, if if Lance is playing, there there are a lot more things to account for, and I think they're going to try to make. Who do they play week one? Uh, that's a great question. Um, honestly, do not have the NFL Jeez. schedule memorized. Yep, besides Falcons Eagles Week One, um, that is a big game in my area because obviously an Eagles a lot a lot of Eagles fans they play the Lions. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, I think they would still win that game without Lance. I, I think it's Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I honestly, I think even if Lance was healthy. Um, I think they would go with Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not a bad quarterback. Um, he's he's not particularly good. He's not going to win you games, but you know, he he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl like two years ago. So, you know, he's not bad. You could win with him. And assuming the rest of that roster stays healthy, which is a big if, 
given that roster. They just have a lot of guys who get banged up. Um, but if the if that roster can stay healthy, they got a lot of pieces around him. Um, offense and defense. Uh, that this is looking like a very strong team as long as they get competent quarterback play. And Trey Lance is making a huge jump in competition from FCS, where he played one game last year in the fall against was a Central Arkansas, something like that. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's jumping all the way up into the NFL. Um, you know, regardless of how good he looked, it, it's still a big jump. So why not ease him into it? I would take Jimmy as like the bridge QB in Pittsburgh. Yeah. If, you know, they, they they don't get, you know, one of those the, the top guy or two next year that that maybe you can start right away and uh, they don't manage to get cuz I I don't I don't think they would go after an Aaron Rodgers or someone like that who probably will be available next offseason as well. Um so I'd be fine with Jimmy on on the Steelers. I mean, he wouldn't be any worse than than Haskins or Rudolph or whoever else we have in house right now. Um, uh, I think he would be better <laughs> than those options. Feel pretty confident saying that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I I don't I don't dislike him. I think he's fine. He's passable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you buy him? Transitioning into our next segment here, uh, we're going to talk about last minute buys. Who are we buying before the season starts um, to kind of beef up the roster? Um, Segways pretty perfectly into your first guy, Austin. Yeah, I think Jimmy G's a, a screaming buy right now. I actually just took him in the, um, I think it's the 12, 13 turn of a draft, a super flex draft that I'm doing right now. Um, because like I think I think he has some games in him this year. I, I think if you're relying on him as you know your second starter or something this year, that's not great. But I think he has career left. He's going to go somewhere else and, and, and play in the future. I so I think that he's he's very much worth something. I mean, his value is low right now because his successor is there. As soon as he leaves there and goes somewhere else and his name, the starter, the value goes up again a little bit. I mean, he's not going to be valued. He's not going to be a, t- a top 60 or 70 startup selection, but he can be right around that. And I mean, it, like I said, a 12th or 13th round, that's, you know, the 150th ish guy picked. So, um, yeah, why not? Yeah, I, I agree with you, actually. Um, I think that his value, his perceived value is a lot lower than what his actual value is right now. And like you said, it's because we already know his successor is there. We know who the next guy up is going to be in San Francisco because of the the, the capital that they spent on him. They moved up to go get Lance. They are going to want to spend you know they're going to want to develop him and honestly the way his contract is structured they could have cut him this year um he only has 2.8 million in dead cap this year for a quarterback really not that much Uh, and then next year his age 31 season 1.4 million dead cap so very very easy cut candidate there that's a that's a trade that's an easy trade candidate for a team also fair i mean i don't know exactly what his base salary is you know, I haven't looked at that at ver- 26. Ver- okay. Maybe 27 next year. Maybe he's a cut candidate then. <laughs> Never mind. I, I changed my mind. Well, I don't think a team's going to trade for 27 million. I think like 18 could- million a, t- a team would take him on. I like, I think that's the contract that he eventually gets, um, especially the cap. You know, it's going to go back up, but it's depressed this year with everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that 
that a team would trade for him at 26 or 27. But I think a, I think 18 to 20 is going to be that sweet spot for him. Why not trade for him and restructure? What's Fitzmagic making this year? Um, that's a fantastic question. I think he's like one year, 20 million or something. Like that seems like a you know a, a one or two year bridge quarterback type salary. I'm trying to look it up here real quick. Oh, uh, 10 million. I thought he signed hmm. for a lot more than that. Shit. Hmm. That's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. 3 million base salary. That's 6 million signing bonus. And then other bonuses there as well. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, he, yeah, trade candidate, you know, restructure the, the deal. Give him, you know, spread that out over two years, maybe. Um, give him 13 and 14 or something like that, or, or spread it out. You know, that gives him also another chance to still have another contract because he'll be 33 at that point. Um, I don't know what his value is in turn by the base on the NFL. Um, it's the, the quarterback market's kind of all over the place. Uh, so I don't know exactly what they would get for him, but I think if he lands in a place like Pittsburgh, um, you know, his value I think would rebound from where it is right now. You know, we would see him as a Derek Carr esque type value where, look, yeah, look at all the weapons that are there. I mean, yeah. that would, that would buoy him right away. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, he could be Matt's favorite QB two moving forward. Matt loves those QB twos. It's his favorite. They're they're league winners. <laughs> um, so my last minute buy is a guy who's on the same team there. Uh, and that is Raheem Mostert. Um, Raheem Mostert's another guy whose value I think has just dipped um pretty far past his perceived value has dipped pretty far past his, his actual value. Now he is 28. Um, so he is a little bit older, but he has, you know, he has not had a lot of carries um, some of that due to injury, but when he has been out there, he has been very effective. Uh, you know, we want, I want running backs in the San Francisco offense. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder to predict who goes off, but when Mostert has been healthy, they have tended to feed Mostert the ball. Uh, when he goes down, that then they kind of you know split it up, and then you see Jeff Wilson break off for you know 120 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it was last year. Um, but as long as Mostert's healthy, they tend to give him the ball, and I think he's very very cheap right now. Um, you now if if you, you know we don't typically make win moves now in the off season, but you could probably get him for a very late second or a third, honestly, or just as a throw in. Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to get him for that. That seems like a, a fair value for him. Yeah, and and I'll pay, I'll pay that now to to bolster some of my my running back depth. Um, if I think I'm if I think I'm a contending team now, um, like I said, I don't typically make big roster moves in the off season for win now, but I like to bolster depth. Yeah, no, I, I mean, sure, why not? There's <laughs> this class isn't good. I think right. I'm going to be really willing to toss around thirds and seconds in this year's class. Um, like it's even on rebuilding teams. I think I'll probably be happy to give them away. Um, if I think I can, I can do something. So why not? Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to your next guy here. Um, your last minute buy. Oh man. I've been talking about him all off season for years. I, you know, a wide receiver 1A, 1B situation coming out this year, and I think he still does not get the respect he deserves. Rondale freaking Moore. He went to a team 
that not that is going to use him correctly that has openings at the position that he plays and that is an explosive offense i i don't see what the downside is i think he has a nice year this year i think he's he's relevant this year and i think you're you're not going to be able to buy him next year i think he's going to like you know if people if people um Levant or Lavisca Chenault did not go particularly early in startups last year, and I think now you're seeing his value build a little bit. I think Rondale can do something similar as a rookie, but I think he has a better statistical year because it's going to be a better offense, and I think his value is higher than than Chenault's was. It's 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 easy money. I would rather he has a bigger year this year than Elijah Moore does. He has a bigger year Ooh. than Terrace Marshall does this year. I think he. I think you want to hear something really bold. Let's do it. I'm tired of the lukewarm takes from you. Statistically, he has a better year this year than Jamar Chase. I actually, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate that. I don't. Um, Just given the offenses that they're in, the other people that they have around him, he's a better football player. I don't. He's a better football player. I'm sorry if that upsets people. He's a better (laughs) football player than Jamar Chase. So, I mean, Jamar Chase was not generational. I, I. you know, I've I've said it probably twenty times on this pod this offseason. He's not Julio. He's not AJ Green. He's not even a Sammy Watkins level prospect. He he was not on that level. Um, not that Rondale was either. There was nobody in this class that was on that level. But Chase was just propped up, and, and he's not better than Rondale Moore. I'm sorry, man. I love I love bold take Austin. Um, for anybody who hasn't listened to Debbie debate. Last night, um, Austin gave his lukewarm take of the year, so it's nice to get him uh, a lukewarm take of the week. It's nice to get his bold take of the week here. Start Desmond Ritter this week, everybody. <laughs> um, but I no, I don't. I don't disagree with anything. Anything that you said there, I'm I'm high on Rondell Moore. I like Rondell Moore a lot, and I think his perceived value is just kind of meh. I mean, I don't think you have to pay that much to go get him when you compare to other some of the other rookies um and he still got significant draft capital um he went early second round so the the nfl you know and at least the 49ers or the the, the, at least the cardinals you know value him and they're going to use him and you know they, they have some other pieces there in that offense but they don't have anybody who does what he does um and they don't even have a particularly strong running back core so i could even see him getting some carries at times you know he's their debo samuel that's how they're going to use him except for in my opinion he like debo gets hurt all the time like i I think rondale is a lot more durable than him he's had weird injuries (laughs) um so really only one weird injury um so does not bother me at all um about him i he's gonna go I think he doesn't quite hit a thousand yards this year. Well, there's a 17th game. That 17th game like just opens up like that little <laughs> bit of a possibility of some of those things happening. Uh, I'm gonna say like 900 ish, 950 yards, 999 yards, a handful of touchdowns, um, and just I, he's gonna be held in such high esteem after this year. So get him now. I agree. Um, my last minute buy here <laughs> is uh, Janu Smith. Tight end for the Patriots. Um, with like we talked about a little bit earlier, with um Cam Newton not being with the team anymore and Mac Jones now starting. Um, I 
think that that's a boon for pretty much everybody on the offense. And one of the other things with that offense is they have a lot of injured pass catchers. They weren't, they didn't have particularly good pass catchers um, to begin with. They got a lot of guys who are hurt right now, uh, including uh, Hunter Henry, the other big offseason signing at tight end that they had for him. Uh, he will reportedly miss a couple of weeks with a shoulder injury. Hunter Henry is another guy who really has had a hard time staying healthy throughout the course of his career. Um, they also have um, the other two tight ends on there are both hurt. Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, guys they took last year. Um, both those guys are currently on IR. Nikhil Harry placed on IR. Um, Marvin Hall, uh, former Detroit Lion um, stand-up, is on IR. Uh, so they have Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and Kendrick Bourne as their starting wide receivers. And Are you going to look at me and tell me Johnny Smith's not more talented than those guys? Man, that's three dudes that are exactly the same player. <laughs> Exactly. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for Johnny Smith. I think they can use him in a variety of ways. And I think Mac Jones just needs to get him the ball and, and let him do his thing. Um, yeah, I think he's going to have a pretty good year this year. I mean, I, 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 I expect that jo where Johnny thrives is that H back type role where you're kind of just giving them, you know, trying to get him into space, get some touches because he's tank. Um, and I think that that Bill will use him that way. And I think that's Max strong suit it is just, you know, I'm going to get the ball to a spot on time where my guy can get it and let him make a play like that's that's Mac Jones's strength. So, yeah, that seems like a pretty good match to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like Johnny Smith a lot. Um, he was dealing with a bit of an ankle injury himself this off season, but sounds like it's behind him full participant in practice as of last week, looking good to go. So go get you some John Smith here before it is too late. Um, next segment here, we're going to do something kind of similar, uh, but on a little bit lower of a level, we're going to talk about some of our favorite stashes uh, right before the season starts guys that we think could see a significant bump in value throughout the course of the year. Um, and just, you know, guys that aren't going to cost you a lot right now, um, but guys could be worth a lot more a little bit later. So Austin, who's your first stash here? Yeah. Khalil Herbert <clears throat> is the first one that I have. Um, not because I think that he's uber talented or, you know, the situation is amazing or, or anything like that. But I still think Chicago had a bunch of running backs on their roster and then they went out and at, at roster cutdowns got rid of most of them. They waived Ryan Nall. They waived Artavis Pierce. Tariq Cohen is going to go on the pup list. So you really only have Dave Montgomery, Damian Williams and, and Khalil Herbert there. I think there's certainly opportunity there for him to do something. You know, I'm not, I'm not betting that, that he's ever amazing, but he was not a bad, he was a solid player in college, average athletic profile. You know, it's kind of like, if you just took like a, the average running back in the NFL from like, you know, a size and athleticism perspective, I think it would just spit out Khalil Herbert, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, that's better than the alternative. Um, uh, so I think there, there is certainly a path there for him and I'll take that at, at the running back position over, 
a, a lot of other guys that I mean he and he goes super late, so he, he's basically free. Yeah, I think that his price tag is is definitely the best thing about um, about Khalil Herbert. Um, very very cheap, and it's in a situation where David Montgomery's pretty entrenched in front of him, but we don't really love David. I don't really love David Montgomery that much. Um, and like you said, you know, treat Cohen on the pup. Uh, so a lot of opportunity for him to, to make some little bit of noise early. Uh, yeah, my... yeah. <laughs> you watching the game? Yes, I am. Okay. I figured, I figured, um, my first stash here is captain America himself. Uh, Mr. Chris Evans running back for Cincinnati. Um, that is a situation where they have Joe Mixon, who we like. If they ever decide to use him in the right way, which remains to be seen, um, these guys, you know, been banged up off and on throughout his career, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, nothing super extensive, but at the running back position, you can kind of count on some guys to miss some time. And, you know, he missed some time last year. Sounds like he's fully healthy now. So, you know, fingers crossed that he actually makes it through the season this year because I like Joe, uh, Joe Mixon a lot. But behind him, they have Samaje Perrine, Pirine. Um, and he wasn't really anything special last year. Um, now they have Chris Evans there. Um, Chris Evans is a guy who's got, he's kind of similar to Khalil Herbert, where you said he's got average athleticism. Um, burst score is a little, his burst score is pretty good. Um, you know, he's, he's a strong, he's explosive, but not particularly great long speed, but mostly an average athlete, uh, catches the ball pretty well, uh, when given the opportunity. So uh, he's a guy that I think could step in and handle maybe not the full Gio Bernard workload, but I think he'll get some of that. Um, and then if anything does happen to Joe Mixon, I think he's a guy who could rise. Uh, and he's also a guy who's very, very cheap right now. Yeah, I have a lot of him too. Um, I always seem to have whatever that like third back is in Cincinnati. I just always have that guy on my roster. I don't know why, but it's it's an enticing... one of these days. One of these days, it's gonna hit. I did. I you know I didn't have P Ryan last year. I had like all the other backs on that team, um, and he was the one that 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 broke out. But whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a guy I definitely like at cost. There, um, who is the uh, the next guy you have there? Is your favorite stash? Yeah, so uh, this guy's a little more high profile, and I think it's it's difficult to necessarily call him a stash, but I still think he he goes later than a lot of guys at his position than than he probably should, and that's that's Pat Fryer, mute the tight end for the Steelers. I think he has a role this year, and I'm not just saying that because he had that big game in preseason. I mean, I, like I think by the end of the year he has surpassed Ebron. I think Ben likes him a lot. Ebron has never been what I would call consistent or reliable at any point in his career, even though he's a big athletic guy. Uh, I think Friar Muth, you know, may not have Kyle Pitts ceiling, but I think the words that describe him are, you know, efficient, reliable, um, consistent. And, and he's, you know, a better athlete than people want to give him credit for um, a better. He's, he's a very well-rounded player. I don't think he's any worse of a prospect than TJ Hawkinson was coming out. No, um, who went in the first round and, and everybody loves, I think he can certainly hit that, you know, that Mark Andrews, um, uh, TJ Hawkinson level value. I think he can do it within the next two years. And I think he's not being priced. Logan Thomas goes before him. Why? I mean, Logan Thomas had one nice year, but I'm not going to bank on that being a consistent year over year thing. I would take him over 
Um, yeah, like guys like that all day. Um, give me all the Pat Frymuth, and I think it's a, a like the value does not it go only goes up from where it is right now. He's not a guy that that will be worth more than he is next offseason. I'd be willing to almost guarantee that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Pat Farmuse is a guy that I've been trying to get in a lot of places. Um, you know, for, unfortunately, in our, in our home leagues, we have some Penn State fans. So, you know, they were on him as well. But I think th- the community at large is just not quite perceiving him to be as good as he actually is because they're comparing him to Kyle Pitts. Same draft class, you know, the tight end one, tight end two. I don't think it's really right to compare pair those two guys but you know i think that if pat fryermuth if kyle pitts was not in this class pat fryermuth was in last year's class his value would be significantly higher than what it is right now um i think both of us uh, we both have him i think in our side our top 10 at tight ends i think i think he's inside my top 10 yeah i don't think like i would rather have him especially at cost over goddard yeah i think he's a better player than goddard is I'd rather have him than Mike Gusecki. Uh, any any of those those level tight ends, I, I think he just possesses more upside than any of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, and, and the competition, like Goddard, every every year we say Ertz is going to leave, and he never leaves. And Ertz <laughs> is a better player than Eric Ebron. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And then uh, you know Pittsburgh's a, an area that they they know how to use the utilize the tight end. Um, you know they did it forever ago with with Heath Miller but they've had like a you know kind of revolving door of guys there who've at least maintained some sort of a fantasy value during their time there and I think Pat Frymuth's better than all of those guys and I think he's the type of weapon that you can actually not necessarily build a an offense around but you can definitely incorporate him into your offense you you put him in your game plan yeah, I think saying that Pittsburgh, you know, knows how to utilize the tight ends a little rich. I mean, Heath Miller was never really a guy that you would want to start for fantasy, but I think that a it's a totally different staff offensively and you know, different um, you know, type of team they're building around it. Um, and B, I think Heath could have been that guy somewhere else if a team really wanted him to be. That's not what the what the Steelers wanted him to be. I hope that they that they can let Pat shine because I think he can do some pretty big things. Yeah, a lot more I, than a lot more than you know maybe a certain uh, rookie tight end down in Houston, for instance. <laughs> wow, um, what a transition! That was phenomenal. Thank you for leading me right into one of my other favorite stashes here, and that is Brevin Jordan. Uh, Brevin Jordan is another guy who kind of gets knocked a little bit um, because of the class that he's in here, because the other two guys that he has now his draft capital does concern me a little bit um you know he went in the fifth round that worries me a little bit his size he's 6'3 245 so he's fine size wise but it's definitely more of a move tight end size um and then his value is definitely impacted by this whole Deshaun Watson situation but I think that's reflected in his current value as well um you know you see him going pretty late he's definitely under the radar uh, uh, you know, I shouldn't say under the radar because obviously people know who he is, but he's a guy that's his perceived value is lower than I think it actually is. And, uh, you know, he's been making some noise in camp. Um, sports illustrated picked him to, uh, t- they said they think he's going to make an impact right away. Um, you know, they have Jordan Atkins in front of him, but he's not anybody who's particularly 
um, impressive or, or daunting there in terms of target competition. So it's really just Brandon Cooks and then nobody else. And if Deshaun Watson does play, does start, he's going to have to throw the ball to somebody. And the one thing Brevin Jordan can do is catch the ball. Uh, we saw it at Miami. I think he could do it in Houston as well. So he's a guy that I like to stash in a lot of different places. Poor man's Jonu, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. I like that. But Jonu was on my buy list. Why would I not have Brevin be my uh, be a stash? You're just so predictable, Colin. So predictable. Yeah. What am I going to do on? next? <laughs> Moving on? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. That's going to do it here for us tonight. Uh, this is a little bit shorter of a show, uh, given how long some of our summer school episodes went and how deep we had to go, especially in the SEC. Some oh of the other, God. <laughs> some of the other big uh, Power Five schools. Um, but we're back to roughly an hour, hour fifteen episodes uh, here. Hopefully, moving forward, um, so we'll keep them a little bit more condensed for you guys. But college football kicking off this weekend you excited yeah it's kicking off right i mean we're recording well, this right on now, thursday night i mean we're just sitting here watching ohio, ohio state, state and, and right. minnesota tennessee struggling um devonta price is the goat um so lot, lots of fun stuff i'm excited for this weekend i'm excited yeah. for the tailgate i'm excited for coast to coast i'm excited for all that stuff yeah me too um speaking of that um don't forget to tune in saturday morning uh, to the C2C YouTube channel. We'll also tweet that out on uh, all over Twitter for the links for the tailgate in the morning. Uh, we're going to be coming to you live 10 a.m., uh, bringing you some you know, analysis of these games here. Uh, in the first hour, we'll break some of those down. Um, and then in the second hour, we'll hit you with some DFS news, um, some injury news, some last-minute you know, decisions on lineups. Um, so definitely tune into that, especially if you're in a C2C league and struggling with who to start this year. Uh, then at night, we're going to come to you with Coast to Coast. That's going to come live after Georgia Clemson, whenever that game wraps up. Um, we're going to wrap up the day and, and how that went and then hit you with some of the, the guys that you need to take a look at for waivers, some guys who broke out that week, this week. Uh, I will not be on this week. Austin, you will be on both shows. I will be on both shows. I, I host the first hour in the morning, and then I, I let Felix do the hard part at night and just sit there and talk. So that's, that's a dream come true there at the night show. Perfect. Uh, we'll definitely join Austin on these. Don't forget to subscribe. So that way you get notifications when we go live. Uh, also, don't forget to tune into the C2C family of pods. We got Debbie Debate, uh, Austin's lukewarm take of the week. Um, that drops on Wednesdays. Alfred's Why Wait Till Sunday, now featuring Chris Moxley. Uh, the fantasy football round table, uh, and then Alfred and Will and Chris's new three and out pod. Um, that's going to focus a little bit more on some betting side of things. So don't forget to tune into those, uh, be on the lookout for our early week show campus life. That's going to return here this week. Um, but until then I'm Colin and I'm Austin and have a good one. <laughs>